I absolutely hate Good Friday. I remember one of the first times that my parents started to tell me about Good Friday. And they explained that it was on this day that Jesus chose to go to the cross. It was on this day that that Jesus willingly went through with this horrible, horrible thing called a crucifixion. I never really could, and maybe I'm still not really ever able to understand why today is good. Some traditions call this Dark Friday. I think that might be a better a better name. Because on today, on Good Friday, God dies. And not only did God die, but Jesus, God in man form, chose, accepted that execution. Willingly went through with it. There were Romans, there were, there were people in authority who thought, saw him as a threat, who went after him, and Jesus just let it happen. A cross really isn't hard to build. There's nothing really special about it. But there's a lot of power. There's a lot of symbolism in a cross. There's a lot to it. The genius of the cross isn't in the design. It isn't in the look. It's nothing like that. The genius of the cross, the power of the cross to a Roman is that it's simply effective every time. It works every time. On Sunday, Paul talked about all that the cross meant. He talked about how the cross was used to deliver a message. That when someone was seen as a threat, when they were arrested, when they were deemed to be be dangerous enough that they had to be killed that they were going to be put on a cross. That that cross wasn't just a tool of execution. It was a tool of propaganda. And it told everyone that you are weak, that you have been defeated, that you are worthless, and that we are in control. And if you try to do anything to change that, if you challenge that in any way, This is where you'll end up. Paul also talked about how they were strategic in where they put the cross. They would put it on a hilltop or on the side of a road because they wanted everyone to see what would happen. They wanted everyone to get the message, to get this very clear message that they were supposed to stay exactly where they were, that they weren't supposed to change anything. Now, that effectiveness of the cross really goes beyond the cross. When someone was arrested, when when Jesus was arrested, 
when he was told he was going to the cross, the process started long before he got to that hilltop. He would go through this torturous experience of beatings, of floggings with a whip, of shame, of humiliation, of mocking. But that wouldn't have been what killed him. During the beatings, I can imagine that he would have had broken bones in his face and maybe in his ribs and and maybe have a concussion, but that wouldn't have killed him. I can think about the how his back would have just been laid open by the whip. But the Romans knew that that wouldn't kill him either. See, the Romans were very good at keeping people alive while they tortured them. And the cross was the best tool they had ever come up with. And so that he would be whipped, he would be beaten, he would be taken to this cross, and railroad spikes, nails would be driven through his hands, his wrists, his feet, up against this cross. He would be tacked to this piece of wood. Lumber and nails, that's all it is, but they would take Jesus, they would take a criminal, they would tack him to this cross. But it wouldn't be the piercings, it wouldn't be the thorns in his head, It wouldn't be the beatings. It wouldn't be the blood loss. None of that would have killed him. No, no. Jesus probably died because he couldn't breathe anymore. Because when your arms are outstretched and you're hanging there and your arms are suddenly higher up as you slide down, as you you hang there, maybe your shoulders have come out of socket by this point, and all that pressure, all your body weight is now being centered right on your chest to the point where it becomes very, very difficult to breathe, to inflate your lungs, to get a breath. And so while he's dealing with the blood loss, the pain, the agony, the exhaustion of the whole experience, he's fighting for every single breath. And to get that breath, to catch his breath, he has to pull himself up on those nails just to breathe. The cross was a message to people. We've won, you've lost. Stay right where you are. It was a horrible experience. See, the Romans put the cross in a public place because they knew people wouldn't choose to go by a cross. They wouldn't choose to gather around a cross. They knew that people would avoid it. And so the Romans, in their their placement of this, forced people to recognize it, forced people to see this cross. Because people didn't like to linger around it. And I think that the disciples knew this. They saw where things were headed before he was arrested. We know the story of Judas. Judas was one of the twelve. One of these guys who had followed Jesus around for three years, had learned from him, had, had sat at his feet, had gone through this training, this almost an apprenticeship, to carry on the message of Christ after Jesus was gone. Judas, this guy who had seen every miracle who had heard every teaching, goes to the Romans, goes to the authorities, hands them, tells them, Jesus' schedule says, this is where he's going to be at what time. What's this worth to you? And they come back with about fifteen grand. $15,000 is exchanged. And Jesus is sold out. Right after the arrest happens, Peter, the most outspoken of the twelve, the guy who most passionately said, I will never ever abandon you. I will never turn my back on you. In the span of about six hours over that night, Peter 
denies, flatly says, I have not followed this guy, flatly says, I do not believe in this guy, flatly says, I am not his friend, three different times. Once to a young teenage girl. At the cross itself, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the first three Gospels, we see a picture where there's not many people around. We see where where the authors tell us that just a small group of women, women who had followed Jesus since Nazareth, since the very, very beginning, probably the same women who showed up Easter Sunday morning at the tomb to pay their respects, are watching the cross from a distance. These most committed followers, these most involved members of that close group of disciples, those close group of followers of Jesus, these women who are there for everything as well, have to remove themselves because it's too painful to watch. In the Gospel of John, John himself says that he is near the cross with Mary, the mother of Jesus. But but other than that, we don't see many people there. The cross was so final, was so absolute, meant so much that things were over, that defeat had occurred, that Thomas, another one of the twelve, had to see it for himself when the resurrected Christ was walking around. The cross had this incredible power, had this incredible ability to drive people away while communicating a message to so many people. You didn't want to stay at the cross because all that was there was pain and death. But for some reason, 